bouncers, bouncers, bouncers. That's all I can say, man. What is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. Mike Bauman with you as always, alive and in the flesh. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to this, I really appreciate you guys checking out the show, man. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. Bauman'sBreakdown.podbean.com, iTunes, Bauman's Breakdown. There's now a Podbean app for both the Google Play Store and the iPhone Store that you can download the show from as well. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman and get other links to goodies too, like my website, MikeVBauman.com, as well as uh, links to my writing, to my sports broadcasting demo reel, all that fun stuff. But the reason I started off the show by saying Wowzers was because my stepdad just showed me a really, really awesome cover that was actually a couple years ago. I'm a little little uh, late to it on. Uh, the Wilson sisters from Heart, man, covering Stairway to Heaven at the Kennedy Center Honors. And Jimmy Page, John Paul Jones, and Robert Plant were all in attendance and, like, were getting into it. And Robert Plant was, like, moved to tears. And I had a lump in my throat watching it as well. It was pretty pretty incredible man pretty incredible when you see musicians just react to other people being inspired by their music you know and seeing that like live and in color you know what i mean i mean it's different than a fan coming up at like a meet and greet it's you know when you see other talented musicians playing your your song and and seeing it register with them you know not because they're trying to be you but because it like means something to them too i mean that was really really cool really really cool another great cover the sound of silence from Ravi Orr, who was on this podcast a couple weeks back. Check out Philotaxis, The Wove, The Crow, and His Poison Tree at philotaxismusic.com. There's also a music video for The Sound of Silence from, from Ravi with that on YouTube. So just Google Ravi Orr, Sound of Silence, uh, or Philotaxis, Sound of Silence. Um, I suggest Ravi Orr, though, because not to insult anybody's intelligence listening to this podcast, but philotaxis is hard to spell if you've never seen the word before (laughs) and even if you've seen the word you're like is it two l's is it two t's is it a ph so yeah check check that one out too that's really cool and robbie's an awesome dude really really happy to have him on the podcast and this week i'm excited and i know i say that every week but this week is really fun because this is the first show where i've had an artist from a genre of music that i talk about all the time on this podcast which is uh I always talk about like spacey, ambient, cinematic music that I've kind of gotten into the last couple of years. You know, as a kid that grew up listening to classic rock and like 80s pop from my mom and my dad. And then with my stepdad being into like UFO and, uh, you know, Zep and all those bands as well. You know, I kind of, you know, you find yourself as you get older getting into different stuff. And when I was younger, I was, like I said, pretty much straight up like hard rock and and radio rock and metal. Excuse me. And just the last couple of years, I've really gotten into a lot of different stuff. And I don't know if it's just something, you know, being older, but, you know, you you, you find yourself when you're in different moods listening to different music. So obviously when I was younger, there's a lot more angst and like those weird junior high and high school years where you're like, you know, going from like a kid to like, you know, a young adult. It's just a goofy, weird time, and there's clicks and just a lot of crap. And Corn uh, was a band that really helped me through a lot of that stuff. Um, the album Untouchables came out right during the summer between my eighth grade year and my freshman year in high school, and that album was was very impactful on me. The song Blame to me, one of the most underrated Corn songs, freaking awesome. Um, but anyway, the last couple of years. Via bands like Monstro that I've mentioned on the show before, Explosions in the Sky, Exit Calm, uh, Palms, you know, featuring Chino Moreno and uh, Isis, um, you know, really, really into that stuff. Uh, another band that's um, kind of cinematic as well is Over the Ocean that I really enjoy that I got into the last couple of years. So, um, uh, Junius is another band that's a little, little bit heavier but still kind of spacey. Um, so yeah, man, just, just, I've, I, I've really gotten into a lot more of that stuff the last couple of years. And the band that's going to be on this week is Nomads out of Cleveland, Ohio. You're going to hear my conversation with Elijah from Nomads. He and, uh, Elijah Bisbee, Adam Corbsmeyer, it started up, I think four years ago now. Yeah. Back in 2011, these guys got together 
and it's an instrumental post-rock group. Um, they, they came out their first LP on Christmas Eve in 2012. And in the, in the months after that, they ended up getting 7,500 countries. The, the album was, was purchased from and like downloaded 15, well, I should say 1500 plus downloads in over 7,500 countries. They did some touring and then they came back this year on the first of the year, I believe it was released was when those around us leave their follow up to their self-titled debut their self-titled debut was was very like cleveland centric it was very inspired by the city of cleveland in itself and you'll hear you'll hear about that in the conversation as soon as i show my big yapper um with elijah but um i kind of like how i'd stumbled upon the space here stuff i was on youtube a few months ago listening to something and, and that is what's cool about the internet and social media is that there's there's those suggestions you know i think a lot of people hate advertising but at the same time like if you love music you kind of welcome those new avenues because there's so much music out there and it's kind of like a it's kind of the, the, a weird dichotomy that exists right now with music right because it's like at, we're in a time where there's so much software available that if you don't have a lot of money and you're just some band in some city starting out with your buddies and you're passionate about it, you can make really good quality recordings when, you know, 15, 16 years ago, you, you had to go find somebody to do that unless you knew somebody who had some nice equipment because it was just harder back then. Now with Pro Tools and Reaper and the software that's out there, even Audacity, what I use to record, um, compared to some of the other stuff out there, I think Audacity is pretty pretty easy, you know, to use. You know, if you're doing something really professional, you probably want Pro Tools or Reaper. But anyway, it, it's really easy to record uh, stuff now if you want quality sounds. You know, it, or I shouldn't maybe easy is not the right word, but I should say more accessible. You know, if you, if you if you're starting on a small level, there's there's a lot of really cool software available to help you make really professional sounding. Um, songs without having a whole lot of money um, and and so that's the plus of the of the music side the, the the negative of it is because of the internet there's so much out there that you really have to just sort of tread the waters and find you know what 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 islands exist you know what territories unexplored territories are really out there and it and it, and it does kind of take some work so the nice thing about like when you go on YouTube You'll check out a song and it'll it'll have like suggestions. And I'm pretty sure that's how I stumbled upon Nomads a few months ago. And their whole album, When Those Around Us Leave, is on YouTube. You can also check it out at nomads.bandcamp.com. The digital val- album's available there. It's got high quality, you know, FLAC, MP3. And you can name your price too. I mean, Elijah... And uh, Adam are, you know, really cool for doing that, I think, because uh, it's it's a great record. You know, I happily paid $10 for it on iTunes. But if you don't have a whole lot of cash to scrounge up, I mean, you could, you know, probably pay like a nickel for it, I guess, if you wanted to on Bandcamp. But uh, anyway, anywho, I, I stumbled upon Nomads when those around us leave, and I started listening to it. And immediately I started to f- just, just feel like the music and, and just feel... I kind of feel like what they were going for, you know what I mean? And um, ironically, you know, this year, um, and you'll hear about the backstory behind when those around us leave, you know, they talk about it on, on their Facebook and stuff too and on their socials, but obviously it is about loss. What's really cool if you go to the Bandcamp site, nomads.bandcamp.com, is there's actually an accompanying story that was written to kind of go along with the listening experience of the record which Elijah talks about with me. So you get a PDF copy of that too if you download it from the Bandcamp. So check it out. It's really, really awesome stuff. But, um, um, you know, this past year, losing two family pets and actually, you know, my cat Charlie, like literally a couple days later after recording with Elijah, I had to put put Charlie down. As I mentioned on the last show, he ended up having a cancerous tumor and was sick for a little while. And, um, you know, I had to do what I felt was the right thing, even though it was very difficult to let him go, which was which put him down and, and, and release him from the, the pain that he was in. But Charlie was actually sitting behind my computer at my dresser uh, or at my desk downstairs, I should say, where I record this show. And uh, he came around as I was talking to Elijah. And uh, you'll hear it on the on the interview, but uh, he came around and he started rubbing his scent on the corner of the desk. And 
Uh, man, I could bust a gut right now talking about it. But um, it was really cool after listening to it on YouTube and, and just organically just finding it, getting in touch with Elijah. He was really cool. He was actually out of the country when I first got in touch with him, but he was he was down right away to do the podcast, which was awesome. And you'll hear about just the story behind When Those Around Us Leave, uh, about his story of loss and uh, what he's gone through in his life from that perspective and how it lent itself to the music. And, and I think what's really cool, too, is, you know, we, we recognize authenticity in people, you know. Um, I think some people are more into, intuitive than others, obviously, but whether it's music or just meeting people, uh, meeting new people, I think we all kind of have that spidey sense of whether we know somebody is, you know, being legitimate or, or if we know they're, they're the real deal. And I feel that way with music too, you know, especially if you have certain bands that you listen to or certain artists that you listen to. There's albums where you're like, man, wow. And then there's other albums where maybe you just didn't feel it or, or didn't feel as authentic. And, you know, that can be for a number of reasons. It could be that, you know, if they're trying to get out of a recording contract or maybe the band members are going through personal stuff that we don't know about and it affects the music. That happens all the time. But, Immediately when I heard When Those Around Us Leave, it really impacted me. I really felt the music, and I could tell that Elijah and Adam really put their all into this. And uh, I think there were times where it was you know, really difficult to, to kind of go through some of these emotions when they made this record. But it, it turned out incredibly, incredibly awesome, and uh, I was so excited to get him on the podcast. So... Without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you my conversation with Elijah Bisbee, one of the duo, one part of the duo in the post-rock group Nomads from Cleveland, Ohio. So here it is. Thanks for joining me, Elijah. I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, no worries. I uh... Sorry, it's weeks upon weeks to make it happen <laughs> no man it's cool i totally i totally understand uh this this is something that i do just because i love music so um you know it's it kind of birthed out of a lot of stories i had done over the years and eventually i just decided like man i really want to do a podcast because sometimes there's so much stuff that doesn't get a chance to make it into the written article you know what i mean so yeah um i i but the last couple of years i've gotten more into um kind of more more ambient and, and spacey shoegazy type of stuff it, it just kind of started to snowball and and yeah. i don't even know how it happened to be honest with you i don't know if it was like pandora now on youtube it's like yeah youtube thinks you might like this band and um so over the last couple of years i've gotten into more bands like explosions in the sky uh there, there's more of a rock oriented band uh monstro that i really enjoyed their album that came out a few years ago and i stumbled nice. upon you guys probably like uh like a month or two ago and i was like man i really i really really like this i told my my best friend nate about it because he's kind of into some of the same stuff that i am you want to say hi to my cat real quick he's been saying there's there's charlie say hi charlie Charlie. that's awesome that's my nephew's name (laughs) charlie yeah Yeah. but uh but yeah man i uh i really enjoyed when when those around us leave and um so basically i'm rambling but i with you I, i wanted to um I guess the first thing I wanted to ask you is, um, you know, how how long have you you been into music, or how long has it been something that's grabbed you? Has it been sort of a a lifelong pursuit? Did it start with a couple of albums, or you, did you have a musical family? How did it kind of start with you, man? Yeah, so um, that could spiral into so many different ways. Uh, <laughs> um, so I grew up in a musical family because my dad um, co-owned a music store, so. I grew up like, um, you know, as a kid, like going in and like wrapping cables after, you know, some rental went out or go in and just be like, you know, basically free labor at like 12 years old, you know? So I've been around music my entire life, but I was always kind of resistant to it actually whenever I was younger. And like one of my favorite stories to tell about music specifically is whenever I was real, like pretty young, probably like nine or 10, um, my parents got me a guitar for Christmas. And, you know, like one of those like smaller sized, uh, like half scale guitars or whatever. Yeah. And like, I hated it so much that as I was opening it, I started crying because I was like, I don't want this. Like, I don't know what you guys think, but like, I don't want this. Um, 
And I wish, like now, you know, looking back on that, it's funny, but it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have started playing then. And uh, and another way that I was pretty resistant to it is, you know, they started me on piano lessons even younger, and I, I didn't like that at all. So, like, I ended up quitting piano at a really young age as well. And, you know, looking back, it's like, I wish I would have stuck with it then. But... So moral of that story is like I, my family was super musical whenever I was growing up. Um, like my dad played in, in some bands like around the smaller town that I grew up in and kind of like in his heyday was pretty well known around our town. Um, and and my sister sings and plays piano. My mom sings and plays piano. But I like never wanted to have anything to do with that. Uh, and really the turning point um, the turning point, and this is a lot of where the emotion comes from for the album, When Those Are On To Sleeve, is when my dad died in 2001. Oh, jeez, um, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, I had, like, kind of started picking up guitar, and he was teaching me some, you know, like, basics, like, chords and whatever. Um, and when I was, and, uh, you know, so I knew some basics and stuff, and then he passed away, like, all of a sudden, and, uh, you know, we weren't expecting it. Like, it was one of those crazy things where he went to the hospital a month before and like got his like yearly checkup like physical whatever and they gave him like the big thumbs up like yeah you're healthy and blah 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 and then a month later like he dies of a heart attack like kind of just craziness um and you know that was in 2001 so that was a while ago right and i never like after after that i really dove into music so that's really where i got got a lot of my um uh, I want to say, I mean, emotion is definitely one of the words, but that's where I got a lot of my drive to get into music because I felt like it was still a strong connection with him. Yeah. Uh, and I still, like, I still feel that to this day, like that, that hasn't changed at all. But as Adam, the other guy in Nomads, as, as we were kind of talking about this new album and kind of the direction that we wanted to go and talking about our first album and kind of being like, yeah, that was, that was fun. Like we had a good time writing that album like on the first album like the self-titled album we wrote it because we wanted to tour and like we did that uh, so we wrote like we wrote songs that we could play live basically and for this other for this next album or for when those are on to sleep we were like we want to write songs that like really pull on people you know yeah um from an emotional standpoint so we knew that we had to take ourselves like i don't i don't want to make this sound overly emotional but like this is legitimately how it came um like we knew we had to take ourselves to those places in order to like write from that emotion and and i realized you know like i've never written music um kind of revisiting the emotions of like what it felt like to lose my dad and you know, that, that's only one aspect, right? Like, the whole idea of when those around us leave is, you know, losing those, losing the ones around you that you love, right? Like, not to death, per se, but, like, you know, it can be as cliche as, like, losing somebody that you thought you loved. It could be, like, um, one of your best friends, like, moving away. Could, there's a whole slew of things, right, that that, that could actually mean. But, um, but yeah, like, that that's where the album came from, Um and, and ultimately, that, that made me very introspective about, like, my life as a musician. Like, I swear this is all coming back to your question. No, that you're fine, very, man. It, it made me very introspective about why I write music, because uh, I don't know if you read the story that went along with When Those Around Us Leave, um, or if you know that that existed. I was going to ask you I about wrote, the, uh, the PDF that went with it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, so I wrote that, and and there's some similarities between you know the main character and myself, and similarities. Not totally. Not like like I had a great relationship with my dad. So there, the Nicholson in the story kind of has like this really bad relationship with his dad, and that that's not reflective of how I was uh, with my dad. But you know the the emotions that I was going through as I wrote the story, and and as Adam and I wrote the album. Um, kind of just took me to that place, you know? So it was raw. Like the, the whole album comes from a very raw place for both Adam and I. Um, so much so that during some of the song, like when we were writing some of the songs and when we were listening back to some of the takes and stuff like that, we, we would both be like 
moved by it, you know, because it's like we felt like we were writing something that was a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit bigger than ourselves. And for that reason, like we're we're extremely proud of when those around us leave. Um, we've done significantly less <laughs> around this album than we did the first one because, you know, we toured a little bit on the first album and we haven't toured at all on this one um, for a lot of other circumstances and everything, but um, we're, we're really, we are just really happy kind of looking back on the entire process of like where we took ourselves from an emotion standpoint, where we came out on the other side. Um, and like I said, looking back on my entire life as a musician, kind of looking at that album as a, as this cornerstone for myself, even being like, okay, like I've, I have used the darkest emotions of my life, like to, and and like, you know, infuse it into that album. Um, and, and hope, I don't hope that people, like, I don't hope people get that darkness from it. Like, I hope they get like the, like the hope out of it that comes from some of like the, you know, the, nicer sounding songs I guess you know it's like yeah. the, the point isn't to be all doom and gloom and all of that um, that's really overdone in music anyways like the, the point is like to take the listener to that spot like we were and then ultimately come out the other side and kind of see the, the deeper meaning with everything which is very reflective of my life as a musician so how how old were you when, when your dad passed away how old was I yeah yeah, I was 15. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. So so for this, for you too, I mean, were there any moments not to get like, um, and like as, I mean, I like it to be as much of a free free form conversation as possible, so don't worry about going on tangents or anything like that. That's You're totally fine. Um, but for you, um, you mentioned sort of the emotional part of it. Was it... Was it difficult initially to kind of reach back into that, or did you feel kind of in, even in like a spiritual sense that that in a way you've you've kind of gotten closer to your your dad and the music by by making this record? Does that make sense? Totally does. Um, yeah. So I, I would I would kind of say yes and no because some of the songs, um, or so I should say, some of the ideas for the songs from when those around us leave are um like old ideas um or like things that i would kind of been sitting on things that i and adam like adam obviously writes uh, just as much as i do as far as albums go um so some of them were kind of like older ideas so i feel like <clears throat> i feel like those ideas kind of like were time capsule for some of those emotions so, you know, some of them have been, like, in, in my mind and, like, whatever, have been ideas for years. So, like, going back to those, to those ideas, like, took me back to those emotions uh, immediately. But, but honestly, like, the thing, the thing that really was the, the most raw was writing this story. Like, the music absolutely took me to that place as I was writing it and, like, or as Adam and I were writing it and, and all of that. But, but truthfully, like the thing that was the most raw was the story. Um, because it, it, I didn't want it to be a direct correlation to my life because that's not the point, but I wanted to kind of, I wanted to express some of my emotions through a character. And, uh, and that, and that took me to, to definitely like a more emotional or dark place than, um, than just the music alone and even now if I'll sit or like not now but like whenever I was you know finishing the writing and listening to the album and reading it and trying to figure out the timings and everything like I, I um, it sounds silly to say what I'm about to say but like there were some moments where I was like wow this is this is really special like this I'm really proud of what of what we've done um, from an artist or like creative standpoint um because I feel like we didn't, um, we didn't force anything. Like everything just kind of fit as it needed to. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, to directly answer your question, it's it's kind of like 
yeah, it did take me back to some of those emotions and it wasn't difficult, right? Because when you lose somebody that's of such importance to you, um, there's, there's not a day that goes by that you don't think, but it's not like you dwell on it or anything, but like you don't, there's not a day that goes by that's like, that you don't at least like in passing think of them. Right. So like the, those emotions were always a part of me and this album, when those are on the sleeve was really just a vehicle to kind of like let those, um, flow through or pass through, you know, um, in a, in a way that I hadn't let that before. So in a way it was like really, like you said, or hinted at, like it was really healing to, uh, to, um, to write them and lay the story out there and share it with everybody and things like that. So did the, uh, did the story, which, which I actually, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to, to read that. I listened to the album. Um, did the story come after the music? Like, did it come as you were shaping it? Uh, 100% it came after. Okay. Um, So as, as we were writing, I had the idea that I wanted to do that. Um, because yeah, I, I had the idea of wanting to do it. So I had an idea of what I wanted the storyline to be as we we're kind of like placing the album in sequence and everything, um, from a song standpoint. Um, but yeah, um, the songs were written and I would say 80% completed from a recording standpoint before writing on that story even happened. So the story really comes from the music, like, the, the music very much as I was writing it, like I was listening to the music and like trying to, um, trying to displace myself as one of the writers of the music and trying to see where the music was like taking my mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we even, uh, did a couple like activities with like friends and fans and whatever, and said like, you can listen to this, uh, like listen to the album for free one time, you know, months before it's released but the premise is like you have to listen to it only one time and at the end of each song write down like what you visualized so that's cool we use yeah like i used a, a decent amount of we got we had like 20 or so people do that and i used um the thoughts of of a lot of different people to kind of help shape the story um really cool story about that really quick um is that on one song specifically walking by lamplight uh, the song on the album out of the 20 people that did this like 15 ish had almost the or at least the premise of their like what they visualized listening to that song was like almost exactly the same wow which is which is what like absolutely <laughs> wild right um but but really cool too you know because yeah. it's it's cool to see that uh, i'm the thing I love about instrumental music is that you can, you can kind of like project this idea without having to like put words in people's minds. Right. But you can very much like tug on different emotions uh, with music. So it was, it was really, really, really cool from an artist standpoint to be like, cool. Like this song is like consistently, you know, saying the same message to all these different people, which was, which was really sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's. It's funny you say that too, because like um, you know, you talk about loss and 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 being, you know, dealing with that. I, I think for so many people, the struggle is how just how to deal with it, you know. So so cr- to turn to it creatively, you know, like for me, growing up, my first love was drawing, um, but mm-hmm. I I always loved music. Not musically, I don't have music bone in my body. I'm 27 now. I picked up a guitar when I was 19, and I play it like every now and again just for you know shits and gigs because I like it and it's fun. But I'm terrible. I would never play for anybody. Um, but I but I think uh, especially for for loss, like I, I think that's a cool thing too is turning a negative into a positive. Like I was really I was really close with my grandpa, and he passed away four years mm-hmm. ago. So I mean, it's obviously two two completely different scenarios from losing your your father at 15 or your grandpa when he was like 84 like mine was, but it's never easy. You know, death is just a weird thing. So I I think it's cool that you guys were able to take an emotional dark thing and and make like really really cool inspiring music out of it. And I think like you said that's what's cool about instrumental music is you when you listen to it it really does make you feel like like it's taking you somewhere. You know what I yeah. mean, and and I think albums, 
across the board musically in different genres are starting to make a comeback. I think there's a lot of bands now, especially with independent artists growing and so many outlets for people to release stuff online. It seems like bands are really making albums now, you know. But that's yeah. that's always something that I've really loved, um, just just into sort of my foray into more the the ambient stuff the last couple of years that that I've I found really cool is you it really does take you somewhere because you don't have the lyrics to to lean on it's just the music itself mm-hmm. you know and speaking yeah. of that you guys have a lot going on in this album too like um, the song uh, um, in Fields of Light had like the trumpet it was very trumpet driven. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you guys had a couple of friends that also came in and played different stuff on it too. Yeah, so um, our friend Eric Stir um, played trumpet on a few tracks, and he he lives in New Jersey right now, but he grew up in the same hometown in upstate New York as Adam did. Okay. So Adam was like home for Christmas or home for uh, home in upstate New York for some reason, and Eric was there as well. So Adam was like, hey, dude, like, let's record a little bit of trumpet and let's do this thing. Um, because when Adam and I were writing in Fields of Light, like, we were we were struggling with it a little bit and kind of just being like, this needs something else. And and then Eric recorded some of that trumpet. And, like, the second I heard it, like, honestly, that song was the first song where I was like, this album is special. Like, there is something about this that that is, that's, like, getting at a higher uh i feel like i'm just giving myself a bunch of like no dude you're all right you're all right man like you know like i don't mean that at all but like it it really was the first moment when i heard those trumpets it was the first moment where i was like yeah this is like this is something that i'm gonna be proud of for a really long time um so yeah eric stir did a phenomenal job on trumpets uh one of our good friends john daniel um played drums on the album and I know him from uh, the Cle- like around the Cleveland scene uh, here, and he does a lot of ambient like drone music uh, under the title Forest Management. Okay. And if you've never heard of that, you should totally listen to it because it's definitely it is extremely good, uh, and he's he's a phenomenal drummer. Um, and then uh, and then Adam and I Adam and I did the rest like piano, bass, guitar. Um, some other random instruments like pump organ, uh, bells, things like that. So, uh, harmonium, but yeah, so Eric Stir and John Daniel, am I forgetting anybody? Holy moly. Uh, no, that's it. Eric and John. Yeah. How did, um, how did you and Adam meet in Cleveland? Uh, cause, cause you, but you guys both are, are not from there originally, right? How how did, how did the nomads thing actually come together? Yeah, so I'll try and keep this one short. Uh, so I moved to Cleveland from Los Angeles about five years ago, and Adam moved to Cleveland from um, the Buffalo area of New York uh, from going to school, Fredonia specifically in New York, uh, like seven or so years ago. And um, so he was in Cleveland when I moved to Cleveland, but I didn't, I hadn't met him yet. And then uh, one of Adam's friends moved from New Jersey and started working at the Apple store where I was working at when I first moved to Cleveland. And him and I met and we, you know, like the first day on it, like the first day we started hanging out, we were talking about music and everything. And we we're like, what are some of your favorite bands? And like we named all post-rock bands and we we're like, we totally need to get together and like make music. Cause we are both new to Cleveland. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. So we got together um, with Adam, you know, a couple weeks later, maybe. And um, and it was, like, very clear very quickly that, like, we wanted to keep playing, like, making music together. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's really how Nomads was born. It was, it was myself, Adam, and then Josh, who was the original drummer, and he's the one that that Adam knew from, you know, way back when, and I met at the Apple store. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how much it has changed over the past years. Um, because, you know, Josh moved to Syracuse, so we kind of had to see him go and that, and that was, that was painful, you know, cause like he's, he was one of our best friends, 
Um, so then that's when kind of John, the guy that played on when those are on his sleeve, that's when he started playing with us. Um, and then late last year, Adam moved to New York. Um, and then early this year, he moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So, yeah. So it's like this, this weird, um, it's, it's just been this really kind of interesting, um, change in, in how we do music. So, um, so now I'm still doing some live shows in Cleveland, but I'm just doing like guitar sketch versions of the songs. So I'll like, you know, take my guitar setup and do some looping and play some of our songs and things like that. Um, and looking like I, I'm really enjoying that. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing that. Maybe, um, and for all of our live, uh, live shows, we usually have a painter, uh, like paint while we play. So I'm still doing that. So it's kind of, kind of cool, small, you know, kind of just chill, kind of small, um, little thing, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but cool to see kind of how nomads has progressed from a live standpoint, but absolutely like Adam and I will continue make to make full album music from, uh, of nomads for, you know, the foreseeable future at least. Yeah. Yeah. And let, let me know how we're doing time-wise too, man. Uh, I don't want to, I don't okay. want to take up too much of your time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good for now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, for post rock for you, how, how did you get into it? I mean, was, was there an album or an artist that grabbed you early and you're just, you just started going down the rabbit hole? Um, so when I was living in California, I was working for a record label and, uh, it was a really weird time of life for me because like I had always, as I progressed with music and when I moved to California and had this job in this record label, I was like feeling like I was really on track to like do something sweet with music and all of this. And then as I kind of learned about the music industry, I was like, I don't really want to do this, you know? <laughs> so, um, for a lot of different reasons, but that's when I kind of turned started looking for um, more like independent bands and via that search I stumbled upon This Will Destroy You like um, right right after they released their self-titled album and like immediately fell in love with it and could not stop listening to it could not stop thinking about you know the the techniques and the melodies and all of that stuff. Um, so, so that the self-titled "This Will Destroy You" album really is what piqued my interest. Um, and then I just kind of like dove headfirst into it. So, you know, now I still listen to "This Will Destroy You," but I'm, I'm over the past maybe two years, I've gotten pretty heavy into Hammock, which is yeah, a lot, good. A lot more ambient. Um, and this band called A Winged Victory for the Solon, which is like, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're beautiful, um, absolutely beautiful. Uh, Nils Fromm, if you've heard of him, does a lot of piano-based stuff. Um, so yeah, like it's, for the past seven years, it's been like the bulk of the music that I listen to. Um, but, it, but it really does, like it really all goes like the initiating event was finding the this will destroy you self-titled album it's crazy how one artist can do that too because um like i'm trying to remember the first band that really got me into it was probably it probably was monstro because i've actually growing up i was really into like heavy stuff like my mom growing up like my dad was really he's always been really good at hooking stuff up and we had a nice like entertainment center in the living room and it wasn't much but he just he had these like kind of these two um like larger amp like nice speakers and and he was real into like southern rock and tom petty and eric clapton yeah. and so i grew up with all that and then my mom was a total like 80s pop new wave um loved the police um she to this day she like loves like the police earth wind and fire all that stuff and like a lot of like like talking heads and then my brother yeah. my oldest brother He's in his early 30s, so in the mid-90s, he was, like, in the thick of corn and, like, Metallica, you know, and I wanted to be like him. He would come over, and I'd be like, oh, man, you know, so that, so I started to get into the heavier stuff, and over the years, I've kind of found that that's, 
the stuff that kind of spoke to me the most. But at the same time, your taste, you kind of expand your musical palette, I feel like, as you get older, yeah. just naturally. You're just kind of like checking out different stuff. And for me, it was Monstro. And it's funny you mentioned Hammock because um, I, I really do enjoy them. And, and I think they, they have a song called, I think it's called The House We Grew Up In. I might be getting the title a little bit off, but it's weird because when I listen to that song, and maybe it's the power of suggestion, but when I listen to that song, it like actually it does take me back to like where I grew up in like West Toledo. It's crazy, but yeah, um, yeah. It, it is, man. It's nuts how how like one band or one album can really sort of just take you down the rabbit hole, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, what what do you what do you listen to now? Uh, I mean, is it still kind of mostly post rock stuff, or do you kind of you kind of veer off into other things? I mean, what's what's really grabbing you at the moment? Yeah, it's, uh, I feel like I'm in a kind of a weird spot with, like, my listening habits right now. Um, uh, so I listen to a lot of A Wing Victory for the Solon and Nils From. Like, those are definitely two of my go-to. But um, I was in New Zealand recently, and I, it's so I hate admitting what I'm about to admit, but like I um, saw this commercial for, I don't even remember what it was for. I think it was some, some like, um, what's the spray stuff called for like guys? Oh, Axe? Yeah, Axe body spray, exactly. <laughs> and there was like this, this song playing during this commercial and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds freaking amazing. Like the production value of it, like some of, I'm kind of a sucker for like, open synth sound so like i love m83 on a good day yeah, uh, yeah. and it, it kind of gave me the vibe of m83 and bon iver kind of mesh like put together and i love both of those bands so i looked them up and it's this band called novo amore um so i've been listening to a lot of of, of that guy lately uh as well he's a little bit more not totally not pop at all but more produced um so yeah, those, those three would be others like M eighty three, Novo Amor, and Bon Iver are our go tos right now at least. What do you think it is about the the piano that sort of lends itself to being a really cinematic type of feel to it? Because I feel like the piano can either be like really sad or it can be really happy. I mean, like I feel like there's effects you can do on a guitar to make it like happy or sad or heavier you know depending on your amp and your effects and all that stuff but like the piano it's just like the person playing it and it's just crazy you know when you look at like movies or different music like what what do you think is as a guy who plays multiple instruments that that the piano lends itself to being so versatile like that like it's crazy to me when i like i listen to stuff like what you guys do and i watch certain movies and i'm like it, it it it's an instrument I feel like you don't appreciate when you're younger because it just seems boring. But as you get older, you're like, holy crap! Like you can do a lot of stuff on the piano. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, as you were asking that, I've never had this thought before, but I I kind of like where it's taking my mind. Like I think the reason why it's so moving is because it takes so much emotion to convey the right emotion with piano. So it's like the person playing it is having to pour so much of their own emotion into it. I feel like that has to be part of the reason that it conveys so much emotion. Cause you, you can like, just like you said on guitar, like if you put enough delay or reverb on something, you can be like half asleep, just like plucking a string and it makes this like massive sound, you know, but like on piano, it's like if you don't get the take right, like you need to check yourself and play it again. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like? Yeah, yeah. You don't have the same coming. So, so maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe it's it's moving because it takes so much personal emotion of the person playing it, and because and because they've poured so much into it, maybe the listener gets that same that same emotion out of it. You know, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in. Um, like I'm a very like spiritual person and like part of my goal with music is to convey a lot of that. So, um, because of that, I, I believe and, and, and I have a desire to believe this, but I, I just want to believe it that like that, you know, there's this aspect of our spirit that can transcend all of these other things not like in a new like not in a new world type of way like 
um, I have a very defined view of what that spirit is, but um, I, I think that's something not just about piano, about music in general, that it's like if we pour all of this emotion and or kind of like vibe into something like it can that exact thing can then come out of it whenever somebody's listening and and you know i think it's so direct with piano because it's such a raw instrument like it's it's um it's not covered up right like you never put effects on piano really um so it's very just raw yeah i think that's kind of what it is when you when you record or when you play, um, do you do you kind of tune out everything else? I mean, as you guys are making albums and stuff, do you kind of just sort of let the let the music come to you? Like, I mean, obviously, like when you're in the studio, I'm sure you're focused on like what you're playing. But uh, from talking to different artists and stuff, I'm always intrigued by that. Like, if they're like, I don't even want to be influenced by anything else when I'm making my stuff, so I don't even listen to anything else. Like, for you, for that creative process, do you just kind of zone in and as you're recording stuff, like let those ideas spurn other ideas? Uh, totally. Um, yeah, 100%. Like, we, the only time that we will listen to something else as part of the recording process is when we're mixing or mastering. When we're like, with this album, like Sigurdsson, right? I, I, I can't believe I haven't mentioned them yet. Like, they were a huge part of like my, um, getting into post rock as well. Um, but so you know, like we're like these albums sound amazing. So let's. Um, Adam is a is an audio engineer, recording engineer by trade. Like that's what he does. Um, so we're super lucky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's cool that he has that that skill set. So. You know, we would kind of look at look at one of their songs or look at a song by, you know, some other artist that we've been listening to and being like, okay, like, let's look at this wave pattern and see if we can mimic, um, now that we've recorded everything, let's mimic that EQ and all of that. But that's really the only part of the, you know, creative process that that other songs or other bands would have a part of. But yeah, you're totally right. Like, just like other bands have said, like... Um, we can have the desire to not listen to their to other stuff while we are recording and stuff. But of course, like the music you listen to follows you around. So um, whatever music you're going to write is, is probably going to be affected by what you've been listening to. Of course. Yeah. Well, I'll just ask you a couple more things before we wrap this up, man. And thanks again, Elijah for yep. your time, dude. I really appreciate it. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Sure. Um, for you, I mean, as as a guy who's who's a multi instrumentalist and, and been playing music a long time, um, are you pretty much able to work stuff out that you hear in your head? Because because there'll be sometimes where where I'll hear something in my head and then I'll, I'll try to do it on like my phone or like a digital recorder, but it's still but to actually like put it into the instrument, I'll start playing and it won't sound like it, and that'll take me into something else. Like, are you at the point now where you can hear things in your head and kind of be able to like piece it together like one two three four on an instrument? Um, I would, I would say from a melody standpoint, yeah. Um, from a complete like sonic standpoint, no, but one thing that I've enjoyed about Adam and I writing together is like, we'll never, we're never, we will never tell each other no. So like, if we want to say, Oh, it might be sweet if we do this here, like we'll try it, you know, and see what it sounds like. And because we've done a lot of that. I think I, both of us have learned what what can work in different places. Um, so yeah, from a melody standpoint, yeah, I feel like I can do that mostly on guitar. Maybe not so much on other instruments, but but I, from a sonic standpoint, like figuring out all the different little pieces to to that. That's really Adam's realm. Like he's really good at that. Um, so yeah. Have you ever had an idea that you that came in your head just out of nowhere and you either had to stop what you were doing immediately so you didn't lose it or you were in a situation where it came to your in your head and you and you lost it because you couldn't you couldn't stop what you were doing at the moment? Yeah, so both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I there's been times I've woken up in the middle of the night and I dreamt a melody. And I had to like grab my phone and like take a quick voice memo like of the melody because you know in the sleeping like kind of stupor of being half asleep you're like this is the best melody I've ever heard in my life <laughs> and like I need to do you know and then you listen to it six hours later and it's like 
you don't know at all what what it was. Like <laughs> you can't actually sing whenever you're half asleep. Um, but yeah, there have been times where it's like I need to I need to figure this out right now. Um, but the more the more of the majority of the time is like hearing a melody and and losing it because you don't you know don't write it down. That happens quite often, I would say. Had you ever had one come back around? Like, did you did you ever have like a deja vu moment with like something you heard? Yeah, um, the perfect example of that actually is the song "Home" from the first album. Um, like, I don't know if you've listened to our first album, um, but the song "Home" was one of those reoccurring life melodies where I was just like, okay, fine. Like, I guess I'll like I'll write a song with this. Uh, I wrote that back when I lived in California, actually. And I wrote it on piano, um, and it was because like I couldn't get that mel- the melody of the chorus. Like I just could not get it out of uh, get it out of my head. Well, the, the last thing I'll ask you, man, and thanks again for your time, Elijah. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot sure. of fun. Um, you and Adam have, are, are you know making music that that people seem to really be responding to. I mean, I think the first time I checked out. Uh, when those around us leave on YouTube, it was like twelve or thirteen thousand. I think now it's up to like nineteen thousand views. Post Rock Essentials named it as like their favorite twenty-five releases so far this year. I mean, obviously, as like a, a musician, you know, if you really love music, it seems like the the ones that I talk to, like you're making it for yourself. And I and I really believe, even kind of on a spiritual level, whatever it is, whether it's music, writing, drawing, whatever creative outlet people have, like if. If it means something to you and you put your effort into it, it's going to connect with somebody, you know. But mm-hmm. but what what has it been like just to get what seems like a pretty overwhelmingly positive response from this, especially with the tie-in with with the the emotions of it with you and your dad and everything? I mean, how how cool has it been just to see it kind of have such a positive reaction? Yeah, it's kind of wild, right? Um, I mean, I don't. Um, Yeah, I I don't really have words for that because I, for the first album when we released it, we had no idea that that album was going to get the response that it did, you know, like um, from all these different countries and people, you know, messaging us and and all of this, whatever. Um, And, you know, after live shows, people like one, one story that was particularly moving to me was like this vocalist came up to me after we played a show and and he was like he was like dude you convey the emotions that i only that that like i'm dying to write lyrics to convey the same thing and like you do it without lyrics like us as a band you know yeah so it's like little moments like that that have been way more profound than like seeing a video with ten thousand views or whatever like that that's amazing don't don't get me wrong at all. Like that's amazing, but it's the, it's, it's when we've been able to see and witness, like, the uh, the connection with those people. Like to me, at least, like that's way more important. But that all being said, it's been like insane to see so many people like it. You know, um, I was nervous as crap to like release when those around us leave. Because we'd been working on it for a while, we were kind of like starting to get a little stagnant with it, um, and you know we're just kind of like, okay, let's just release this so we can say we did it. I wrote this story, was nervous about people reading the story because you know that's like a creative outlet I, I haven't really exposed to others before. Um, so the fact that we've gotten mostly positive reviews on on all fronts has been. Um, has been very um like it's been confirmed right you know or like our desire to want to make music has been confirmed because uh something's resonating with with some people at least you know um we don't have this idea that we're like some massive band like totally not that at all you know um but it does make us happy for sure that it's resonating with people on some levels um, in the way that that we've uh, that we've always hoped. So yeah, it's it's been amazing, like wild, amazing, really cool to see, you know, kind of it grow and 
and see it affect different people in different ways. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. Well, Elijah, I can't thank you enough for the time, man. This has been awesome. I'm, I'm telling everybody I know about you guys. I the whole package awesome. with the, the artwork and everything. And, and for people who, um, who want to check it out and read the story and everything, they can go to nomads.bandcamp.com. That's kind of yeah. like the hub. Yeah. And, and download it for free and, and all of that. Um, and to stay up on like, uh, newest news and all of that, just keep up with us on Facebook. Um, we have some cool stuff that will be happening this year on some other creative things that, that I'm excited about. And that all will all be doing that via Facebook. So, um, yeah, it's facebook.com forward slash nomads Cleveland. Okay, cool, man. Well, thanks again, Elijah. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Definitely stay in touch and yep. let me know what you have going on, man. It's been fun to get to know you a little bit and kind of hear the backstory on something I thought was pretty awesome to hear. So thank you, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime, dude. All right, we'll see you. All right, take care. There you have it. That was Elijah Bisbee, one part of the duo, which I didn't say as cleanly as I just did on my intro into the interview, so I cleaned it up nicely there for you here at the end. (laughs) One part of the two-piece that is the post-rock group Nomads out of Cleveland, Ohio. That's what happens when you have like a million things going through your mind all the time and you get ready to speak. You're like, oh, 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 rearrange, get them right. But that was Elijah Bisbee of Nomads out of Cleveland, Ohio, along with Adam's Adam Korbsmeyer. Gosh, I'm getting so tongue-tied today. Slow down, Mike. But uh, Nomads is awesome. Thank you so much, Elijah, for taking the time. I really appreciate it, man. It was a great conversation. You are welcome on the show anytime, anytime, anytime. And for those of you listening to this, remember you can go follow these guys on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nomads Cleveland. You can also check out the album, download it, name your price at nomads.bandcamp.com. With the download, you will get the accompanying PDF copy of the story that was written by the group to kind of direct your listening experience. Very awesome. And remember, on this one too, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out not only to Elijah and Adam, who do make up Nomads, but also the contributions from their buddies John Daniel on drums and Eric Stir on trumpet. They recorded it at Whiteout Audio in Cleveland. They also did some additional recording at Annie Up Audio in Cleveland. And it was mixed and mastered at Downtown Music Studios in NYC. So thank you to everybody who put this record together when those around us leave because I really enjoyed it. Uh, excuse me, I think a lot of people really enjoy it, especially if you look at the YouTube numbers for the listening on uh, on the uh, YouTube page for the album or the YouTube video for the album, I should say. It's just really, really good stuff, you guys. So please go follow Nomads on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Nomads Cleveland. And also check out the record, nomads.bandcamp.com. You can listen to it before you buy it, and then when you buy it, you can name your price. How, how sweet is that? Nomads.bandcamp.com when those are on to sleeve. Thanks again, Elijah. I really appreciate the time. To all of you listening, I say it every show. I, I'm humbled by the people that check it out and you know whether it's five people that listen to the show, 10, 15, 20, or 100, um, it's, it's, it's just really, really cool to kind of be the middleman between some of these artists and sharing their music and their stories with you guys. And I, and I really mean it when I say I hope it inspires you in your own lives to pursue your own dreams, face your fears, you know, and be good to people. You know, My grandpa was all about that. That's why I say it at the end of every show. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. I mean it. I mean it. world needs more love need to love ourselves love each other be good to people but uh this this record is was really awesome and, and like i said it was just kind of ironic the timing with uh charlie having to uh you know put him to sleep and lay him to rest and and you know him being on the show briefly like that while i was recording this and, and it happens to be the when those around us leave uh podcast so kind of kind of serendipitous in a way i guess you could say so thanks again elijah thank you for being so open and honest man i really appreciate it It was a lot of fun and uh you know these guys got a lot of really cool stuff going on right now um just announced actually this week on july 28th that uh nomads is going to be scoring a movie called tomorrow echoes um that their friends in sprocket bot creative are starting to film this summer so uh if you want to check it out there is a uh, a facebook page for the movie called Tomorrow Echoes Movie. 
And you can also go to tomorrowechoes.com. And moreover, if you're interested in auditioning for the movie and you're in the Northeast Ohio, Cleveland area, go to that website for uh, for auditioning as well, tomorrowechoesmovie.com. Like the page on Facebook, Tomorrow Echoes Movie. Really awesome. Um, Post-Rock Essentials name this as one of their favorite 25 albums of the year thus far for when, when those around a sleeve. Make sure you go check out the self-titled Nomads record that came out three years ago. I believe that one is on iTunes as well. I mean, it's just all good stuff, man. All good stuff. And I really do mean it when I say be good to people and keep the faith. Life is going to throw you challenges. It's going to throw you curveballs. But, you know, what, what matters the most is that you stay in the fight. You know what I mean? And set some goals and write some goals for yourself in terms of challenging yourself and doing those things that might be scary initially. And change is always scary, but you know you need to do to get better. You know, don't just just do it. Just do it and and have faith in the process. You know, whether you believe in God or you don't, just have faith that the world isn't out to get you. Bad things are going to happen. That doesn't mean the world's out to get you. But that if you're true to yourself and you're good to people around you, good things will happen. That's like the core of, of what I try to be about every day. I'm human. I struggle. I have my own insecurities, my own faults, uh, things that I try to work on. But that's at the core of what I really believe, man. If you're good to yourself and you're good to other people, eventually, you know, and you believe in yourself, eventually things will start to happen. But you got to make them happen. You know, you can't make them happen by sitting in your bed, man. You know, well, I guess theoretically you could if you had like your phone with you. But you get what I'm saying. Be good to yourself. Be good to other people. And now that I'm done rambling, I'm going to give you guys a song courtesy of Elijah, one that he handpicked for the show to wrap this puppy up because he's a good dude. He's making good music, and uh, we had a good conversation. So now I'm going to give you guys a sneak peek, and I hope after you listen to this track that you actually go purchase When Those Around Us Leave because I don't think you're going to regret it. It's an incredible record. I don't know what it means coming from me, especially if this is the first time you're listening to the show. But if you're into the cinematic-y type stuff and you're into post-rock, I really think you're going to dig it. And if you've never heard it before and maybe you're a, a metalhead or maybe you're a classic rock guy or a girl or a rap girl or guy, give it a listen. Let it sink in because I really think that you're going to feel it. So on that note, I will say keep the faith and be kind to one another. Here is Sunset on the Range from Nomads. Peace. Peace.